That's our college director, Rocky, there. And, and just walking us through this idea of humility. Or when you hear the word humble, uh, I, I don't know if some of you, you know, already your heart's starting to beat and you're going, this is going to be a rough next 30 minutes because this is the area that I struggle with. Or um, something that you're just going, yeah, I, I would love to kind of wrap my head around uh, what this looks like a little more in my day-to-day, in my, my life. But this is one of those key characteristics that I am so convinced that if we can grow uh, as a church in humility, it is going to be a ridiculous blessing, uh, not just in your homes, uh, but in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, wherever we go. I really think we start to carry the, the ethic and the demeanor of Jesus then wherever we go. And that's really the whole idea behind the four. Um, that we could probably come up with a list of hundreds and hundreds of qualities and characteristics that we should grow in or be better at or that are godly. Uh, but what we've kind of zeroed in on four, that, that if, if everybody at Heights really leans in and invites God to go to work in these four areas, it, we believe it would just really have radical life change. And the four that we're going to look at over the next four weeks are humble, thirsty, as in hunger and thirst for righteousness, peace-seeking, and life-giving. If everybody at Heights is humble, thirsty, peace-seeking, and life-giving. I think that's such a contagious, beautiful group of people that are out and about. But more than that, I think it looks a whole lot like Jesus. And so we're looking to him um, for our example and, and our model. But we're also linking it up with with trees, uh, each of the qualities, we've kind of looked at, at different trees. John and, and David have done some research about trees that you find in northern Arizona and then attached one of the qualities to one specific tree. And, and so our hope is really that, that when you're out and about and you're driving along or maybe you're in your neighborhood and you come across one of these trees, part of God's creation, that you would stop and be reminded of these qualities that we're asking God to grow more in us. Uh, So that it isn't just a half hour when we gather here, but that as you're driving around uh, in our area here, that God would use his creation to prompt you and go, there's a willow tree. And that's what we talked about when we talked about humility And there's been some intentionality. They did the research and then kind of passed on um, some of the stuff about these trees. It's mind-blowing. The willow happens to be one of my favorite trees. I find the the posture of the willow to be really, really beautiful. Um, The the willow is, as Rocky said, um, potential to be as wide as it is tall. It casts a tremendous amount of shade. Uh, But the root system of the willow is probably what's most fascinating. They are strong, deep, and wide-spreading roots. And so this is like the iceberg of the trees. What's going on underground is far more significant and overwhelming than what you see above ground for a willow. And as it goes, it, it can stop erosion. It can also allow for other trees' root systems to better find the, the water and nutrients that they need as they kind of follow in the path of the roots that have been laid by a willow tree. And when I link that to humility and picturing the, the comfort and healing 
that is cast as a broad shade over people that need it, as opposed to the kind of piercing sun-like rays of pride and arrogance. I love that picture. I love the image of, of the, the root system that, that what's going on underground is even greater than what's going on above ground. A humble people always are aware that, that what is happening internally is way, way more important than anything that's going on externally. That's true of me. That's true of you. That's true if you're online at home watching somewhere. This is key for us. And that humility can be this agent that that stops the erosion of other people's souls and, and holds people together instead of pride and arrogance that tends to pull people apart. I love this imagery. Humility, though, is key. And when you begin to process, okay, what is humility? What, what's a good definition of being humble? If you go to any dictionary and open it up, I mean, you got a starting place there. But when I looked at it, I was really kind of saddened by the, the, the definitions. It didn't seem to really get to the heart of especially biblical humility. But luckily, the Bible does give us a pretty good working definition of humility. It's found in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 3. Um, Paul, that's writing this letter to the believers in Rome, uh, says this here, which I think is a brilliant definition biblically for humility. Paul says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. I think what he's driving at here with regard to uh, humility, a good definition for humble is that you would see yourself as you really are. Uh, there, there's a temptation for a lot of us to, to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. But I also think there's a temptation to think more lowly of ourselves than we should. Especially when we start to talk about humility and being humble, I think I think there's kind of a knee-jerk response to, well, then I got to start thinking of myself as this slug and I'm not worth anything and people should just kind of beat themselves up uh, when, when they've done anything good because that's what being humble's about. But that's not what the scripture says. Uh, we're not called to think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but we're also to consider ourselves with sober judgment that doesn't mean uh, to beat ourselves up or think too low of ourselves. What, what Paul's driving at here is we, we've got to have a healthy understanding about who God is and a healthy understanding of who you are in light of who God is. How does God see you? What if what is most accurate about you is what God says about you? Not what you think about you, not what others say about you, but what God says about you. And when you start to have a good understanding of him and a good understanding of where you sit in relation to him, that's really the good foundation for humility. Not thinking too highly or too lowly, but coming in right at what he says. Um, this, take a look. This is a picture of me. That's me. Right, wrong, or indifferent, take it or leave it. Um, I'd 
usually like to leave it, but th- this is what you get. This, this is me. Now, there's a temptation where, you know, I wake up, and when I walk into the bathroom in the morning, then this is what's looking back at me, unfortunately. This is what I get. And so uh, that, that's it. Um, but, but I don't know if you're familiar with this, but um, uh, bald people um, often um, dream about having hair. I mean, literally. I will daydream sometimes um, that, that I don't look like this. And then I'll have sleeping sorts of dreams still, 43 years old, where, where I, at some point in my dream, I reach up and I run my hands through my hair. And it's one of, you had those amazing dreams where it's so vivid and so real and it makes you so happy that you, you, then you wake up and you're, you're almost bummed. Oh, that was just a dream. This happens all the time. I, I, I have these dreams where I do not look like that. I, I, I look amazing. And then I get up. And when I get up and go to the bathroom and look in the mirror, this is what I look like. <laughs> that is, that's what's going on in my, my dreams. I'm Chris Hemsworth. I'm Thor. And, and I could just do this for days. And I can flex for days. When I flex now, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing when I drive down the road and hit little potholes and stuff, stuff jiggles now that never used to jiggle before. So this is sometimes what, what my heart's desire is to, to be. And, and there's days when, when, um, when, when internally I, I, I'm thinking more highly of myself than, than I ought. There's also, um, honestly, there's way more days where I'm thinking a whole different. I'm not thinking this. I'm thinking when I go in and I look at myself in the mirror that this is actually what I look like. And so that is a little bit more normal. If I'm honest with you, my struggle isn't so much like mistaking myself for Thor as it is like when I'm not by a mirror going, I'm pretty sure this is what I look like. This is an apologies to Danny DeVito or any of you that may resemble him. But this is what goes through my head. And so... It's one thing for us to, to picture ourselves, uh, especially outward appearance, better than we are, or even wrestle with outward appearance uh, lower than we are. But sometimes the same thing could happen in your heart, in your soul, where there's a pride and an arrogance internally uh, with regard to your mindset, and you're constantly thinking about yourself way higher, out of proportion to what is accurate about what you really are and who you really are. And there's times where your heart and mindset is such that you are processing things a lot lower perspective than what is true about you. And so here comes humility. Here comes a conversation about what it looks like to really be humble. And so we're going to go to the word. We're going to go to God's perspective. Uh, Jesus is the one from whom we take our cues. He is our spiritual big brother. He is our model. He is our example. He is my hero. He is my savior. He is my Lord. And my heart's desire is to get to know him better and allow him free reign to to work on me from the inside out and continue to shape me into the person that he really wants me to be. And in this area of humility, 
is one absolutely key characteristic that Jesus himself possessed. When I think about Jesus, one of the first and strongest words that comes to mind for me personally is humility. And the passage I'm going to look at with with you all today is in Philippians chapter 2. If you have your Bible or tablet or something, turn there. Philippians chapter 2, familiar to many of you that have been around the block with scriptures, but this is such a fantastic passage, maybe the definitive passage about uh, the humility of Jesus. And, and so as we consider how humble he was and knowing that he has, if you're a follower of his, you're following in his steps. And, and so your steps should, should wrestle with and, and allow you to grow in humility in the same manner as, as Jesus. And in Philippians chapter 2, as Paul's writing this letter to the believers wrestling through How do we live out in this culture? How do we live out relationships with each other? He's calling them back to their example in Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says this. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Paul's not going to allow you and I to uh, just observe from a distance some interesting facts about Jesus. Or, oh, that's kind of theologically uh, fascinating about Jesus. He, he, is, he is calling us to really press ourselves in to the example of Jesus, but then also to, to say, I, I want Jesus' mindset to be my mindset. And I want that mindset of Jesus then to manifest or show up in the way that I interact with other people. And so in the way that we operate, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. Verse six says this. Jesus, who being in very nature God. You stop there for just a second. Uh, This is the first most dramatic step of humility that Jesus takes that Paul describes. Uh, Jesus, who being very nature God, which hopefully isn't a newsflash, but just in case it is, Jesus uh, wasn't just a nice guy, not just a good teacher. He is God Almighty. He's not a created being. He's eternal. He's always been, always will be. Hebrews says that he is the same yesterday and today and forever. Colossians says that all things were created by him and for him. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a few verses later it says, And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word, the living Word, is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, and then Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And so if you, if you just stop and think about that giant humble step, God Almighty that's e- e- eternally existed takes a step into humanity. That is huge. And the word being here uh, in the Greek was very carefully chosen. 
It carries with it the meaning of an essence of something that does not ever change. And so what Paul's reinforcing is, even though Jesus, who's always existed as God, steps into humanity, when he stepped into humanity, when he took on humanity, he never gave up any of his divinity. And that's this mystery, uh, theologians call it the hypostatic union. It's the coexisting of the humanity of Christ and the divinity of Christ without diminishing one or the other. He was both and. And he takes that step, taking on humanity. He, He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Other translation says he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, white-knuckled, held on to. That's a humble step right there, too. I think back to all the times where I have used something to my own advantage, where I've been white-knuckling something, unwilling to kind of graciously give it up or allow the Lord to take it away. And, and, And Jesus who's always existed as God. He legitimately had reason to use anything he wanted to his advantage because he is God and he did not. He humbled himself. And he's not looking out for his own advantage, his own benefit, his own good. Who's he looking out for? You, me, And out of humility, he takes a step like that. It continues on in verse 7. Rather, he made himself nothing. And then Paul's going to describe uh, how he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. Hebrews says that he was made like us in every way, yet was without sin. And that's an amazing moment as he, as he took on humanity. That's a real nothing experience. You're the God of the universe. He's given up the glory of heaven to take on flesh and blood, to take on humanity for the first time, to have his stomach growl when he was hungry, to have his throat go dry because he's thirsty. To experience heartache from watching the the sin of people and the death of people that he cared for. He, He experienced the full scope of humanity. What a humbling step for our Jesus, the Son of God. He came and took the nature of a servant. As he comes as a human being, he didn't come as a full-grown adult. He came as a baby. He was born into an oppressed culture uh, to poor parents. He didn't come, although he could have, in a human position of power or influence as a king or wealthy. He came in the humblest of fashions and rolled up his sleeves to get in the muck and mire with the rest of us, for for our good and our benefit. He came not to be served, but to serve. 
as the slave of all. This is our spiritual big brother. This is our model. This is our example. A humble Jesus. A God that stoops for the people he loves. He continues it on in verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, the absolute worst form of execution, crucifixion. And he humbled himself, knowing what was coming, and walks the journey out for 33 years, knowing where this is headed. And he humbles himself to become obedient. I guarantee you that humility and obedience will always go together. Where pride and arrogance and disobedience typically go together too. You show me a humble person, I'll show you someone that is willing to submit their will to God Almighty. Where prideful people tend to think that they can operate independent of God. I I don't need them. I don't want anything to do with them. And and Jesus models for us humility that leads to obedience to the will of the Father. And how far? Well, all the way. When you start to think about the, the life of Jesus while he was here on earth, and consider uh, a, a whole bunch of humble moments where you got to see the humility of Jesus. I I want to just be quiet for a minute, a minute and a half. And I want you to look up at the screens here. And I just jotted down a handful of phrases where you get to see how many different ways Jesus was humble. Just be still and soak it up for just a second. I don't know how many of those things scroll by and you begin to connect dots between your Jesus and then you. Uh, A time where you wrestled with being patient with someone that was bothersome and recognized Jesus was patient with those that were bothersome out of his humility. There's a moment for us to stop and learn. Uh, Moments where you 
weren't so patient. You weren't so uh, silent. You didn't hold your tongue. You're reminded Jesus did. Where does that come from? His humility. You go down the list there and he's modeling quite a bit for us. Where does that come from? It comes from a heart that knows who he is, knows the part that he's playing. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit and him, they're one. It's all at work there. And what that was producing in him was quite the example for us that that you and I can follow in his steps. And knowing where that all led, it had such a bigger purpose. Was it tough? You bet. Is being humble easy? Uh Uh-uh. But it's a hallmark of the nature of Jesus. And so we would do well to learn from and then invite him to go to work on us in this area. That we wouldn't let the humiliation of Jesus just be reserved for a historical moment where he hung on a cross that we can appreciate from afar. But rather that we would allow the humiliation of Jesus to so impact us, so humble us, that it would change our words, our actions, our thoughts. It would help us understand a whole lot more of him and a whole lot more of us and a whole lot more of the people that we wrestle with, that we'd be humbled as he humbled himself. And that would change the way that we operate. That's what Paul's driving at too. Because he's teed up pretty, pretty well here, the example of Jesus. We're called to have the same mindset as Jesus. But right before, he's been telling the Philippians, this is what humility looks like real tangibly between people. He concludes it with, and by the way, this is what Jesus was like. But if you back up to verse 3, tangibly, this is what it looks like for me and you. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, don't let pride run the show. Don't let selfishness be the defining characteristic of you in your life. If there is more evidence of pride and arrogance and selfishness in your life, then I can almost guarantee that there is less evidence of humility. He's saying, just don't don't be that way. And then he describes um, what not being that way presses in a little bit more what that would actually look like. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Ultimately, the reminder that humble people are typically more focused on others than themselves. And in order to find out what the interests, uh, the hurts, the needs of others are, it might mean that you and I need to listen a whole lot more than we talk. It takes a humble person just to sit and listen. And be there and shift the focus off of themselves and be truly interested in another individual. And I love what he says here that we would learn to, in humility, value others above ourselves. Other translations say, consider others better than you. 
Now, here's the truth. Nobody in this room is better than anybody else in this room. But what if you and I treated each other as if the other were more valuable, as if the other were better? That's what Jesus did for me. And who am I uh, to operate differently? I, I love this, this image. I love this, this picture. It's a mindset shift, isn't it? Somebody has said that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but rather thinking of yourself less. I like that. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, too low, beating yourself up, I'm nothing. But rather, it's just thinking about yourself less. If humility is a sense of being others-focused, then my goodness, how much time do I spend my mindset locked and loaded on me and me and me and me and me? Either the lower, base, lowly version of me or the more highly-than-I-ought version of me. Too much of that mindset. And not enough of the mindset of Jesus. And so maybe all these labels that we preoccupy ourselves with, I'm too fat, I'm too heavy. Uh, maybe I'm not heavy enough. Maybe I'm too bald. There might be one of you in here thinking maybe I'm not bald enough. I want to be like Ron. He's way cooler that way. <laughs> Maybe what you wrestle with is just a constant mindset of, I'm just not attractive. Others of you, you might wrestle on the opposite end. You know what? I am really attractive. <laughs> Some of you, your mindset is, you know what? I'm just too stupid. Others of you, on the other end, you're going, I'm not stupid at all. I am really quite brilliant. Thank you very much. If only she knew. Some of you, your mindset is, I'm just too poor to ever amount to anything. Others of you are like, I'm really rich. And I'm all about being rich. And now that I've acquired wealth my mindset's all about how to keep my wealth. Others of you, the mindset is, I am absolutely talentless. I could never do what Jala does. Others of you are like, I am so talented that this probably even impresses God, what I'm doing right now. Some of you go, you know what, I'm just not funny enough. Others of you say, I'm super funny. My wife doesn't think so, but I think I'm super funny. Others of you go, I, I've just got this mindset. I'm really bad with people. My people skills are a mess. They're a nightmare. My mindset might be, you know what? I'm actually God's gift to people. Thank you very much. <laughs> Guys, you might think I'm too weak. Or guys, you might think, hey, I'm just like Schwarzenegger. I got this. 
Look at me, I am all that and a bag of chips. Others of you, your mindset is so focused on this. I am too far gone. That's all I can get my heart and my brain around is based on what's happened to me or what I've done. That's all I think about. There's nothing that God can do for me. There's nothing that a God like that would have to do with me. Others of you on the other end of the spectrum, your mindset is, you know what, I don't need him. I'm doing fine, thank you very much, all alone. And if there is a sense of humility that just says, I'm not supposed to think of my less of myself, but think about myself less, then this sort of thinking, this mindset is so unhealthy. Do you, do you think that this was the humble mindset of Jesus? Do you think this was the mindset of Jesus about himself? Do you think this is the mindset of Jesus about you? You're to this. You're not enough that. No. And what he calls us to is, is, is a humbling of ourselves uh, and an emptying of our self, a minimizing of self. And so rather than this mindset of self, we just start to empty ourselves of this sort of mindset. And as we empty ourselves of this way of thinking and this sort of mindset, it begins to reveal the actual mindset that we are supposed to have, which is what? The mindset of our Jesus it is a humble one that understands rightly who you are, that considers yourself soberly in light of who God is and who you are. And so if there are those of you here today that maybe need to allow Jesus to lift you up to where he sees you, and that's your step of humility today, then let him do it. Others of you, if it is, I need to be brought down some notches to what is true about me based on what God says, then I want to have the mindset of Jesus about me. I want to have the mindset of Jesus about others. And I want that to ripple effect, cast the hugest shade like a giant willow tree of humility around anyone that knows me. All for his sake, all for his glory, all because that's what people really need is a humble picture of a humble Jesus through you. Not, not the, the prideful arrogance that, and prideful arrogant Christians. The world doesn't need any more of that. You need a whole more like humble followers of Jesus that have been overtaken by his humble example. And so, Father, help us today. Uh, retool, reshape us today based on what we are experiencing in our own heart and mind right now. Whatever mindset shift needs to take place, 
We ask your spirit to go to work on us. Humble those that need to be humbled. Bring those that have a a lower than healthy sense of what you've said about them up to speed. God, allow us to begin to think about ourselves less and others more. Help us not to be jockeying for power and position and influence. Let our pride get in the way. But rather be the people that are just saying, whatever would be best for the name of Jesus and the people around me, that's what I want to do. We need your spirit to make any of this happen and give us a desire to that, much less fuel it day in and day out. We know it's not easy, but thank you that you gave us an example to follow Jesus. I am so humbled and thankful to walk in your steps knowing that you are so patient and gracious and merciful every step along the way that we take. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.